Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast, brought to you by Below the Line. My name is David Duggan, and I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure, and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors, and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organizations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs, and people looking to make their mark on the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines, what are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives, whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of this knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I'm delighted to welcome another very special guest, Mark O'Dwyer. Mark is likely to be best known to people as the owner and founder of Big Red Cloud, an online accounting, bookkeeping and payroll platform, which is used by 75,000 customers in Ireland. Outside of his success in business, Mark is a dedicated and devoted husband and father, as well as an athlete who has competed in marathons and triathlons all over the world. Mark spoke to me about his early beginnings in business and how he backed himself to grow Big Red Cloud into the company it is today, as well as the routines, habits and practices he engages in to enable him accomplish the things that matter most to him. A born competitor, both in business and sport, this was a brilliant conversation with someone who manages to combine a strong competitive edge with deeply held values about the importance of family, relationships and community and getting that balance right. Please subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with the podcast as well as exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community and our story coaching programs. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Why do you do what you do? So I run Big Red Book and Big Red Cloud, David, and uh, what we supply simple and easy to use accounting software for uh, business owners to run a more profitable business. And why do I do that? Um, I wanted to go into business on my own because I wanted to be my own boss. And within two years, I ran aground with my own accounting and invoicing uh, to the point where um, I owed money and uh, I didn't know what I was owed by customers. I didn't know what I owed to suppliers. Uh, I didn't know where I stood with the VAT man and the revenue. And I said, that had to be an easier way. And uh, that's what I looked, I looked for. And I found Big Red Book, which was at the time an alien uh, supplier of accounting software for small businesses and uh, really simple and easy to use. And I managed to get a meeting with the owners, which were a firm of accountants in, in Dublin. And uh, there was four accountants and a computer programmer. And I heard their story and they were losing money. They had three and a half thousand customers and uh, they had to repay an Irish uh, business expansion tax loan at the time within 12 months. And they didn't really know what to do. So at the end of the meeting, I said, you have three choices. You can lift the phone and sell to Sage. You can um, 
get somebody like me who can market your company and market accounting software uh, successfully to work for you, or you can do it with me where you get the best of both worlds. And that's ultimately what we did. And what did that bring to me? That brought to me a product that I could then help other business owners not get into the situation that I was in. And I get a buzz out of that every day. It might sound stupid or silly, but you know, accounting software is probably one of the most boring products to sell. But when you are know you're doing good by giving them a product that you know they will be able to use, whether they're a bookkeeper or whether, account, or whether they have no knowledge of accounting at all, and they will actually run a better, more successful, profitable business by knowing what they're owed, what they owe, what they have in the bank, and if they're making a profit or loss. And, and that's really it. And that's what gets me up in the morning, knowing that I'm helping all these people. Now, I don't help them directly anymore, David. I don't want to get your, your listeners... Uh, on the on the wrong track i have i have a team who help these people and i kind of i'm like the conductor in an orchestra now and i'm literally there kind of getting people to do what they're good at and enabling small business owners implement big red cloud and help their businesses uh, run better what was the first then the, the first business was that wasn't an accountancy business was it Yes. Yeah, so, so, so uh, starting off my career after college, my parents wanted me in a permanent pensionable job. So I joined the bank, you know, and we all know now that's not permanent pensionable, but back then in the eighties, that's what parents kind of direct you to. Uh, it was a temporary contract. And uh, at the end of it, I said, look, I want to be a salesman. And that was like, oh no, that was like a, a crucifix to, back, to, to Dracula. They, they were going, no, 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 no son of ours is going to be a salesman. I said, well, that's what I want to be. So I went off and I got a job at a company called Pitney Bowes selling Frankie machines. And for your listeners who don't know what a Frankie machine is, it's for stamping your envelopes. So instead of licking a stamp and put it onto it, it was a machine to put a stamp on. So who the hell wants a Frankie machine when you can actually, so that in itself was a challenge to sell them. Um, and on my first day, I got physically thrown out of two businesses, which really upset me. And I had to go and dust myself down. I had to look in the mirror and I had to say, you can't let yourself down but you can't let yourself down in front of your parents because you said, this is what you want to be. You want to be a salesman. So look, I, I was successful with that. And then I got poached to sell fax machines, which were the big thing at the time where I'd go to David and I'd say, David, do you want a fax machine? And you'd say, yeah, well, I'll take a fax machine if Ian buys a fax machine. So then you'd end up buying, get a sale for two fax machines. So that was great. And then I got poached to an accounting company to sell incomplete records to accountants in practice. So I'd never sold to accountants before. They're very difficult people to, to sell to because they're really reasonably tight with their money. Uh, but I got on phenomenally successfully with it. And it was because I didn't realize I had a great understanding of nominal ledgers and accounting. And I got that from having a really good accounting teacher back in school. So I'm not an accountant, I'm a marketeer, but I was really successful selling that. So fast forward a couple of years when I set up my own business, prior to buying the Big Red Book, um, I knew I wanted to sell accounting software. So I became a reseller for an Irish accounting business software product called Take Five. And within two years, we became the biggest set resellers of that in the country because we were really proactive. And then I got introduced to the owners of Big Red Book. And then I realized there was a simpler solution for business owners to run their own accounts, which was Big Red. So combined with my successful career selling accounting software um, to accountants in practice, and then coupled with that, owning my own business selling accounting software, becoming the biggest reseller for that product, I then married them all together to produce what is now a very successful company called Big Red Cloud. My second question um, in terms of below the line, and, and you know us a little bit um, down through the years, but our, our strap line is live well, perform better. And I'd love to know, what does that mean to you? So David, I have always been the advocate that you work between nine and 5.30 and you don't need to stay on and do overtime to impress your boss. 
are to catch up on things that you do. You need to, to, to pigeonhole your work into the times that the company is employing you for. And before and after that, then as a person, you have to decide what's important to you. So what's really important to me is my family. They're the most important thing. So for, uh, so on 30, I think it's 30 years in business now, uh, 1992, yeah, 30 years in business, uh, I have been home for dinner with my family every evening between 6 and 6.20. And we've sat down as a family and had dinner. Now, obviously, they're grown up at this stage and they've moved on. We're down to two of my, of my four daughters at dinner. And sometimes it's only one because one was off seeing their boyfriend or they, they have after work or school activities themselves. So, but that's been really important. Um, you know, I, I also do an awful lot of sport. So in order to fit that in, I did it after uh, family hours. So when the girls were younger, I used to play squash and I wouldn't play squash until after 8 p.m. when they were in bed. If I wanted to do a run or training, I get up early in the morning to fit it in. So everybody can do anything they want if they have good time, time management. And, and I was really good at my time management and I managed it in, and I, and I waited in favor of the family. And then I came second. But if I wanted to do something, I did not do it. I did it. I just got up earlier to do it. So, uh, so living well to me is uh, spending as much time as you can with your family and only working for the hours that you, you need to work in order to produce the money you need to produce to have the lifestyle that you need. But it sounds to me, Mark, that that's underneath all of that is some strongly held values about where you want to be, your commitment to who you're committed to, et cetera. Where does that come from? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I came from a, you know, a family of four. Uh, two sisters and a brother uh, we were a tight-knit tight-knit group and uh, family essentially is, is is you know ingrained in my DNA um, I met my wife very early on we, I went to her Debs we got married very early and we all always had the same aspirations about you know having a family and uh, being there for the family and for the girls so thankfully back in the day when when I started off we were lucky in that Anne had a choice of whether to work in the workplace or work in the home. And uh, luckily she uh, was able to, I was able to provide to, to enough that she was able to work in the home, which really uh, gives a, a, a great start for uh, for the girls. Now, in, you know, I'm not professing, it's not possible for everybody nowadays, particularly it's not. So, you know, please don't think I'm an idealist and I, I think, you know, you know, you sacrifice a lot of stuff to uh, to be able to achieve that. Like we did sacrifice stuff to, to achieve that, but it was more, probably more possible when we were at that stage of our lives than other people. And, and I understand that. But uh, that helped when you have a partner who has the same values as you, uh, who want to give as much of our energy to growing four daughters that are, um, you know, fully rounded, respectful of others uh, are happy in, in what they're doing, whether it's their studies or their work or their careers, so that they don't feel uh, work is uh, a drag, that they get to experience what I've experienced, which is I love getting up to work every day because I do what I love and there's no better way. So if you're in a job that you don't love, you need to question that. So you, know, you need to you know maybe reassess uh, what you're doing. So uh, it was the combined values in answer your question, David, of having a partner who had the same wants and needs and aspirations uh, to create this family um, with strong ties. And the girls all get on great and we all get on great. And uh, 
I have an unbelievable relationship with my daughters. Like some of my friends just can't believe some of the stuff they talk to me about. Or, you know, last week, one of them asked me to uh, play tag rugby with her. Their team were, were stuck. And like who in their right mind asked a 57-year-old dad to play uh, tag rugby with the 24-year-old girl and, and her mates? So, uh, so you know, that's, you know I, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm a little bit uh, different in that I'm fit enough to be able to do that. Uh, but I also have the relationship with my daughter that she's proud enough to invite me along. You mentioned time management values and stuff like that. Um, but what are, are, are there any practices, what habits, behaviors that you engage in on a daily basis that, you know, help you with this, with this living well piece? Well, living well to me means being on top of your game and being on top of your game to me. And I'm, I'm not saying this is for everybody, but David, so I don't want people, you know, saying your man is an idiot or whatever else, um, is being fit. The fitter I am, the more on top of my game I am and the better and more clear and concise decisions I make in my business and in my life. So I would push myself to extremes uh, to be as fit as possible uh, in order to be in that position, but also to create the endorphins that give me a buzz on a daily basis. And and so as a result, I will do uh, a lot of training uh, out of hours, uh, fitting it in. So pre-COVID, I would have been at the pool at six in the morning and I would have a, an hour to two hours sports work done before I actually got to the office. So in some ways it would drive my staff mad because I'm coming in and I'm absolutely buzzing because I'm on a high because I've come in from, you know, extreme exercise and, uh, and they've probably struggled to get there with kids or whatever it might be. So, uh, so I understand that, but I, I, I can make some of my best marketing decisions when I'm out on a five hour bike ride because my mind is clear. I'm down in the Whitley country, Wicklow countryside, surrounded by beauty, and you don't have any noise. We, we speak about this noise. I don't have any noise, and I'm just cruising along on my bike, and I come up with some of the, the, the best uh, ideas I've come up with. So um, to me, um, living well is about, and this is just a personal thing, is about being on top of the game and having a structure um, so that I can fit in the training that I need to give me those endorphins, to make me sharp, to make the right best, the best decisions. Now, don't make the best decisions all the time. Don't get me wrong. I am far from perfect, but um, I, I think I'm, I'm waiting the chances of making a better decision by being, having a clearer mind and having a clear mind is produced by me being fitter. But it's also all, as I said earlier on, geared around fitting around the family. So, uh, and work. So I was, I give an example, I got up and I did a 13 kilometer run this morning, uh, was home, showered, breakfast, and ready to go back in the office. Uh, I was back in the car, 20 past eight, ready to go to the office until I got a call, said broadband was down. And, and so I've come home to make sure that uh, this, the quality of the broadband uh, is good enough for your, for your pod- podcast. Uh, I am lucky though, in that my office is only six minutes from my house, uh, but, you know, in a way, sometimes, and, and you can create your own look or make your own look. So my wife saw the offices where we currently are uh, being developed many years ago, we're there 22 years. And she said, would you not try and get in there? Because they were close to my daughter's, one of my daughter's schools. So she saw that if she was stuck doing something and there was a problem with one of the girls, I was literally five minutes away from them, but it's only six minutes from our house. So, so we, I've, we've designed and created uh, a working and uh, personal life that cuts down on that commute that a lot of people have. And I really feel sorry for people that they have, you know, an hour, an hour and a half either side of their day to commute 
to work and COVID has helped that in that a lot of people have been able to work from home and uh, we have obviously facilitated that within our office. Uh, we are bringing people back to the office two and three days a week and the reason for that is more for their mental wellness David as opposed to me being anal about having them in the office. I really don't care if they work from home because their productivity has been excellent and I'm blessed with the staff I have but uh, I don't have that so that's another reason how I'm able to fit everything I fit in into the day because of the short commutes I have and the quality of life that we have engineered for ourselves uh, here in our family. You're the conductor of the orchestra is what you said earlier now. Um, what have you had to change about yourself or learn about yourself in order to be the conductor and not be in the orchestra? So I'm, I am a, what we'll call a perfectionist. Um, so I would be anal about things uh, getting done uh, and getting done fast. So I, I, I travel at, in my life, I travel at 110 kilometers per hour all the time. And uh, unfortunately for the people I work with, I expect them to step up to that speed as well. Um, I have realized, and I learned it very early on in my career, David, that if you can't do a job, employ somebody who can do the job and then step back and let them get on with it. So I, I do step back uh, quite a lot, but I do still expect it to be done as quickly as possible. Um, but, I, but I don't tell them how to do it. And uh, that's what I've learned uh, about myself in my career is to basically bite your lip. And if you see something being done wrong, it can always be fixed, David. And I learned that very early on. So they have to make their mistakes or they're not going to learn. So you need to allow people to make those mistakes. And, we, and I do that. So while I'm the conductor of the orchestra, I, uh, I conduct from a distance. I'm not on, on, not on top of them uh, in that I'm questioning or controlling everything that I do. And they just understand that I like done things done quickly. So, and I have been lucky in that the people that work with me have been with me a long time. So I think it's, it's a good match that they understand how I like things done and they understand and they appreciate that I let them get on with things and get them done. They just know they need to just do them a little quicker than they normally do themselves. That, that's all. So once we're both at the same understanding uh, and staff being with me, oh, uh, I have two or three people with me over 22 years. Uh, I have a couple of about 18 years. Um, you know, sales is always a good indicator of how long people stay with you. And I think my sales manager is with me eight years and the sales team are with me quite a, quite a while as well. So, uh, so I guess that's a pH indicator that uh, something has been done right. Um, I, I did say I'm not perfect and I am not perfect and I probably do drive them mad wanting things done as quickly as, as, as possible. And sometimes mistakes can be made when they're done quickly. So there's a fine line pushing too fast and too hard uh, and getting something right or getting it wrong. But um, yeah, so, so I come up with marketing ideas now, Dave. That's really what I do. So when I send the conductor, I come up with marketing ideas and then I have people that will implement them. So I'm not a great implementer. I'm not a great, you know, uh, detailed guy. I am detailed, but I'm not great at, over the years I've, I've realized I'm not great at reading documents or whatever else. I like to just come up with it and then ask people who are best at doing that job to carry it out and, and get it done. And again, staying in that, uh, you know, with your with your CEO kind of hat on or and and the perspective you have into lots of businesses, given that My Big Great Cloud is used by, 
you know thousands of businesses um just what are the what do you think are the main performance or business challenges that you see being faced right now by people well obviously we've had a sea change uh, over the last two years in digital adoption and people work from home and uh it's it's been such a long period of time david that people have now got used to working from home and companies like uh, like ourselves are opening up our offices and inviting our staff back I'm inviting them back, as I mentioned earlier on, for their mental well-being, not necessarily because I think they're not doing the job or I need them. There is a case, though, however, where, let's say, our sales team, for example, we had three new sales starter, and they were back in October until the government sent us all back home again. And I could see how the new people really benefited from, you know, bouncing off the sales manager and being in person with, with them. They learn much better, far quicker, and in a more detailed way by being on site with, with their peers than they do when they're doing it remotely. So there is a, an argument that people, certain people in certain teams do need to be in and uh, conversing with their with their fellow colleagues. Um, but what I've learned, so, so people have, have got used to that. So they no longer have the hour, the hour and a half commute either side of the day. So they have more time for themselves. They have more time for their families. They have more time to do personal activities outside of that because they have now two hours or three hours per day without the commute that they can then allocate to them, themselves. So that's a, a really uh, big challenge when you say to your staff, well, we want you to come back in again. So uh, businesses and CEOs like myself have to be cognizant of that um, in that, you know, what we did say is that instead of staying till half five when you're in the office, you can, you can go home at five. So we're giving back that half an hour so they can and I, and I think CEOs around the country need to do that. They need to think outside the box if they want to keep staff motivated, uh, committed to the company and uh, not get depressed because we've now taken away the time that they had for the last two years. Um, we need to give something back to them. Uh, businesses also, I've learned, need to be more agile. And uh, they, if they haven't, they should all be enabling their businesses to be uh, cloud and remote enabled so we were lucky i don't know if your listeners will remember that really heavy snowstorm i think it was 2016 uh we were geared up to work from home then the worst thing that happened to us was that our server went down and so being so close to the office i ran in in knee deep snow and i rebooted the server so that was fine so we learned from that we needed to have a cloud-based server so we moved everything to cloud then so when the 12th or 30th of march 2020 came when the government said everybody needs to go home it wasn't an issue for us. So I think CEOs need to learn that if they haven't at this stage uh, fully remotely enabled their businesses, they need to do that. So there are two things, people's time and making your business as agile as possible. Um, and my last question then, um, based on all your, you know, your, your own learning, your own insight, uh, your own experience as well, um, what's, what's the one piece of advice you would give to anyone looking to live well and perform better? Ooh, okay, so... Um, well, they have to decide what are their goals and their aspirations in life. So once they've got that box aside, they then need to see what they need to do to achieve that. Um, time management is, is critical because the better you are at your time management, the more time you'd be able to give to that goal or that aspiration. So I'd say the one piece of advice I would give to anybody out there is, manage your time better. Fantastic.
Fantastic. Mark, that was brilliant. Um, you're someone who's, I, I think, as always, for me anyway, uh, you've always kind of bridged that gap between drive and determination plus humanity and a realisation of what's really important in life. So I really, really appreciate you taking your time to talk to me uh, today. Thanks a million. Thanks very much, David. And very nice of you to have me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you.